in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for your abundant, abounding grace, Lord. Thank you that we don't have to earn a drop of your mighty river of grace that flows freely for us today, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Have mercy upon us, Lord Jesus, for your unexpected, unmerited favor that you're showing upon us, Lord, in our life, Lord. Help us to put ourselves in the path of your love and grace, Lord. May the living waters flow in us, Lord Jesus. May the guardian angels be with us, Lord Jesus. Help us to be focused, attentive, Lord Jesus. Help us not to neglect, Lord Jesus, and set the discipline, Lord Jesus, that we need to meet with you, Lord. We need to have that regular in our daily prayer, Lord Jesus. We need to be committed, Lord Jesus. Help us to come closer to you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your rich love, Lord Jesus. Bless each one of us here, Lord. Anoint each one of us, Lord, with the Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us this session to be a meaningful one. May we all engage in ourselves in your presence, Lord. I make this prayer in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Seems like there is a problem with my Wi-Fi again. So I'll keep the video off. Yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Um, so today I was praying and asking God what to go forward with. But what, what I feel like what Holy Spirit inspired me to talk to you about, it was about, uh, he kind of mentioned how we are being filled, but not being put into action. So it's more like we are learning a lot of stuff, but we are not putting everything into practice. So that way we are being like that fig tree with a lot of leaves, but no fruits. Did we learn? Yes, we did learn a lot. But is, there, is it beneficial for our lives? It doesn't seem to be. At least that's what. And spiritually, when God analyzes our life, at least the people in our Zoom meeting, we haven't, or at least let's say, last time he mentioned how Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He is our instructor. He's our teacher. And as a disciple, we should be willing to spend time with the teacher. Yes. So the teacher is correcting us or teacher is telling us, okay, it's time to do more homework. Maybe we are, we are focusing much more on learning new things and eager to learn new secrets and spiritual stuff. But whatever we learned will not be beneficial. He reminded us we are not learning to get a PhD. We are not learning to be great preachers. We are not learning to show off that we have spiritual knowledge, but actually to fulfill what Jesus came forth. Um, so, so we may need to change the way we do the Zoom meetings going forward. We'll figure out how. Which would definitely will need more involvement from your side. More than me um, giving, giving out 
more spiritual things. Maybe it's time for us to, each one of us, to start acting. Like if you look at Jesus' ministry, he definitely taught a lot. But he also asked disciples to do a lot of stuff. He picked disciples and asked, like he go and preach in the nearby villages and town. Basically, it was not just theory. It was practical too. That's the only way to learn when you are with Holy Spirit. He will definitely make you do things, put into practice. Uh, he will not want us to be a fig tree with full of leaves, but no fruits. So let's take that understanding into our mind and be prepared. And we, all can, we should also analyze from the very beginning, maybe last one year, how much have I progressed spiritually? Is it just intellectual knowledge or is it some change in my life? If I haven't progressed, where should I start? How can I change all that? Remember, it's not any human being trying to reach out to us. It's not Christ Culture Ministry trying to reach out to you. It's not Brother Joe or Varina Chichi reaching out to you. It's Holy Spirit using whatever in his disposal to reach out to each one of us. Because God can only reach out to us through things and people which we are connected to. So, uh, always remember that God wants us to be in his image. To be in it, we are called to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and He will never stop reaching out to us by different means until we reach that state. But like Israel, we should we should not rebel, we should not be questioning and then wandering around, but we should be willing to work with Him. Then it will be seven days' journey. If we are rebellious, it may take 40 years, and it may we may not even enter the kingdom, the promised land. It's all up to us. So let's take that responsibility. Let's remind ourselves that this is not just a Bible study or like a, something nice we do to be spiritually well, but it's more about our our own calling of our life, the purpose of our life. So if you look at the Catechism of Catholic Church, the first chapter talks about, anyone knows what's the first chapter? So if you don't have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, better to download, I'll share an app, which is pretty good. It covers uh, all, all things about Catholic and it also has a Catechism of the Catholic Church. Let me read from it. So sometimes we may think that Catholic Church is kind of outdated um, and we don't have this much deep spiritual knowledge from there. There's no way we can learn more. It's mostly going to Mass and that's about it. And I mean, all <clears throat> going through the um, Mass confession and all that, it becomes a routine. But if you dig deep enough, Catholic Church has so much depth of spiritual knowledge, especially the Church Fathers, uh, the Catechism itself, completely from by biblical truth. Uh, so it's good to have this apps and go through it more than just the Bible. But let's see, uh, Catechism of the Catholic Church. Chapter 1 says the life of man. <clears throat> so it essentially says, what's the purpose of life for any human being? It says it's to know and love God. 
Father, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God, our Savior, desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So, the Catechism of Catholic Church starts with this bold, bold and true statement that our life's purpose is to understand the fullness of God. Are we in alignment with that? Are we in agreement with it? Or is it more like we are trying to know God to somehow fulfill our life, our needs, somehow to go through the motions of this world? We are trying to get an extra help. That's not the <clears throat> true way to achieve achieve the destination God has given us. So whatever we did, whatever um, sessions we went through, all of them are needed and very much essential for this our spiritual growth. But always remember, our goal is to be like Jesus in all essence. In our, in our, first of all, it should start with changing ourselves into a new human being, changing our personalities, changing our shortcomings, not just performing miracles, but much more than that. So today we will just look at <clears throat> what, how do we know whether we are on the right track or not? Remember, what was what was the first miracle Jesus did? Water. water. He changed Correct. the water, water into wine. wine. Wedding of Cana. Water into wine, right? And he asked to fill something. Fill what? The jars. Water. Do you know what was the speciality about those jars? Because that is made up of ceramic. The mud it doesn't get spoiled. No, no. Nope. Those are wine jars. No, mm -hmm. they're not wine jars. They are the one kept for washing the feet. Water filled in washing the feet. Uh, right. It was meant for cleansing. Cleansing, yeah. Yeah. So he says, fill it to the brink and then, then he didn't even pray. Right? Jesus didn't even pray. So it's, you can see that those jars were filled, filled with water. You know, water is a symbol of Holy Spirit as well. But when, what happens after it was filled, when Jesus said, okay, now the purpose is to pour it out to others. The water became wine, right? And we know Raji Brother talks about a lot about this particular miracle. Water, I think we also spoke about it. Water doesn't have any odor. Water doesn't have any taste. But wine, right? Water, water actually become really bad if you keep it outside. But the wine is completely opposite. Wine is real good taste, good smell, and it will be better the more the more it kept. It will be the wine. It gets better with the age. So unless and until we are filled, how do we know whether we are filled? We always have this confusion whether am I. Filled or not. Holy it's very easy. Uh, yeah, but let's say if we are, we are never happy. Or the easiest way to think that is 
take a glass, fill it with water to the brink, and try to hold it up and then start walking. What happens? It spills around. It spills. It spills. If it is a little bit less, will it spill? Will oh. not. Right? So the if you are full of something, you will start spilling it. Abandoned. Right? So in, in our life, if we don't see that we are about, I mean, whatever we are being filled with, that's what we are going to spill. So it's very easy to identify ourselves. What do I give to others? How do they feel in my presence? We may feel like I am the most holiest person and most knowledgeable person, but when we are at home, when we are with our spouse, when we are with our friends, what are they getting? What am I spilling on them? That's what we are filled with. Could be different with, in different circumstances. Are we spilling all our anger on our kids? Maybe that's what we are filled with. But are we always talking about certain what what does it what 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 does what do we speak about? What does it come out of our mouth when we are in a group or even in office? What do we talk about? So all of this stuff will give you clues that what am I filled with? If you are filled with Holy Spirit, you will see that the fruits of the Holy Spirit will be coming out. So let's take this point, note it down. These are certain things which you need to keep as a measure. Are we growing? Are we in the right path? Okay. First of all, you will have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So are we growing in this area? Are we getting better at it? I'm not saying we will be having everything in fullness, but are we getting better at it? Which means are we getting more filled with those kind of stuff? That means you are growing, your Holy Spirit inside us is growing. We are all, remember, like we were talking about the temple and how to bring out the glory of God from the holy of holies to the holy place to the outer court, which means from our spirit into our mind, into our body and to others. Once you get to the body, you're reaching out to others and Holy Spirit will be able to touch others. So one of the key measures, I mean, this will not happen overnight, but this is a process which you need to analyze yourself. Are we growing in fruit, fruits of the Spirit? Second one, <clears throat> Acts 9.31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Which means, if you are being filled with the Spirit, you will have more spiritual strength and spiritual growth, the faith will be much more. Do you feel that you are getting closer to God? Are you able to reach out to others? So Acts 9.31, are you having growth in your spiritual journey? If you are filled with spirit. Third one, holiness. Romans chapter 8, 1 to 4. How is your 
spiritual life going? Are you able to control the sin nature in you? Are you able to say no to the things which you were enjoying previously? Are you able to do stay away from things which are not from the kingdom of God? If you are being filled with the Holy Spirit, automatically you don't need to do it's, more, it's not like, okay, there's a difference here you need to understand. It's not that you're trying to do it on your own behalf, but it's more like you start, start hating it. I would say, yeah, you will feel like those things are not that great anymore. The fruits of that sin or whatever you, you were enjoying before doesn't seem that desirable anymore. That's that feeling you have inside. Okay. It's not about like, okay, I'm not going to do this and I somehow struggle to put away the sin. It's more like a natural change in our desires and feelings that you don't even crave for that sin anymore. So that's a measure. That, that's how you know that you are you are in the right track. You are, your Holy Spirit is able to grow in you, go get into your mind, get into your body. So Romans 8, 4, 1 to 4, you know, the law of spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death, which means only when you are getting more filled in the Holy Spirit, this law will start working. Its law is that when the circumstances are correct, it is bound to happen. That's the law. There's no, there's no need to trigger something. You just need to set the circumstances right and the outcome is automatic. So if we are already working with Holy Spirit and he is able to have more control over your mind and your body and you are submitting to him, this is an automatic effect that the law of spirit is starting to rule over your life. And the law of the flesh and sin, the sin and death will slowly, slowly relinquish and it will move away. It's not something you do. Remember this. This is a mistake or this is something really confusing people. It can be a cause of confusion. It's not about you trying to be holy. Remember, it's not about you trying to be holy. That you can do even without Holy Spirit. You can try to be holy. You can make decisions. You can put away things on your own. But eventually we know the cycle will return. But this is more like a hatred. Automatically you're like, okay, I feel like it's different. Until yesterday, I wanted to drink a little bit more, party a little bit more. But today, I don't even feel like I, I, all, I have the choice to do it. But I'm not, I don't feel like doing it. It's not that I'm choosing not to do because I'm going to displease God. No, not that kind of stuff. It's more like, what happened to me? That, that kind of stuff. Um, I'm shocked that I'm not no longer craving this particular sin. So that's a measure you're looking for. So we saw there should be an advanced or a more progressive fruits of the spirit. First one. Second one, you will see your own spiritual strength, spiritual closeness with God increases. Third, holiness, automatic holiness, not something we are trying to do. So fourth one is worship. You will feel that you need to worship God. Or you will be so joyful in worshiping. If you put out, uh, let's say, 15 minutes, you are trying to sit with God and you play music. When you worship, you will feel him. 
you will really you are you will have joy in worshiping <clears throat> before when somebody is asking us to worship we will just participate in worship but you will never feel like okay it doesn't produce any anything inside it so now the nature has changed if you are filled with holy spirit or being filled with holy spirit more and more you can you will notice that <clears throat> the moments of worshiping becomes of pure joy you if given a chance you will worship god so john 424 that's a scripture john chapter 424 verse 24 god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth so that's another evidence then we these are all internal things but another evidence that acts 18 you will be boldly witnessing jesus so any chance which comes to you which we, you will see automatically it will happen you will not be ashamed to proclaim this new found truth in your life you will be willingly you will be boldly proclaiming it just like disciples like they were betraying jesus they were trying to run away from the jewish authorities and once they had the pentecost experience they were boldly witnessing they didn't care about being killed or anything Acts 1:8 what you shall receive power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and you shall be witness unto me both in jerusalem and all judea and samaria so that's another one you either will be boldly witnessing or you will be having that craving inside that okay i really want to share with others then the next characteristic you will see in your life is fervent prayer life once you have you start seeing this glory of god or, or the holy spirit's control over you from spirit coming into your mind and to your body you will see that you will enjoy prayer life you will really want to be with jesus be with god in your private prayer life i'm not talking about public worship like mass or like you and your family prayer i'm talking about personal prayer you will really want to spend time with intimacy with god yes job brother doesn't need to come and say that every day morning 30 minutes please please do that right you will be like oh job brother you know what i rather would have spent time with holy spirit on sunday morning at fire and attending your zoom meeting so that kind of love it will be ultra so that's what happens when you are really close with holy spirit and the last one is uh, people will get attracted to you because of jesus people will see something different in your life and they will come to you and you know what roshan you look you saw something special in you how are you able to handle those things can you tell more about it you will see that people come to you automatically you're not reaching out to them but things will <coughs> slowly people will come to you circumstances will come to you where you will be put in a position where you can give jesus to others so attracting others to jesus these are how many points should we say seven right fruits of the spirit you will have spiritual boldness and growth uh, you will have holiness you will have worship then boldly witnessing and then you will have fervent intimate prayer life and then people will be attracted to you because of jesus so keep this list in your 
wherever, and then keep checking, am I growing in these areas? All right, so notice that I didn't mention the gifts of the Holy Spirit anywhere. Yeah. But if you look at, right? Yeah. But if you look at our charismatic ministry or any other um, new Christian movement, gifts of the Holy Spirit are the most important thing, and there's nothing wrong about it. It's really needed. Do you know why I didn't put the gifts there? Any clue? It's already there. No, um, so there, there is a key thing we need to understand about the spiritual gifts. Why why is the gift given to any people, anyone? When you're doing something good or like well. Uh, no, in in where do you see the spiritual gifts mentioned in the Bible in the New Testament? Saint Paul. To which church did Saint Paul write most about gifts? Hmm. Huh? Is it Ephesians? If it's if it's Romans, which one? The Romans. No, Ephesians, I think. No. Corinthians. Right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think that's a, that's where all the gifts of the Holy Spirit is kind of mentioned by St. Paul. Why is it that St. Paul who wrote all these books never mentioned much about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If that was the most important thing in a Christian's life, how come he didn't mention too much and he must be dedicating a chapter each for each gift, right? If that's what the most important thing is. I'm not trying to say that gifts of the Holy Spirit is any way lower in standard, but I don't want you guys to get into that trap where people are chasing only the gifts of the Holy Spirit and not having a transformation. I also chased the gifts of the Holy Spirit a lot of time. I was, <clears throat> I would say, I was, I always wanted, I mean, obviously gifts of the Holy Spirit is needed, but from my perspective, that's what most attracted me. Not because it's kind of being in the limelight, but that, that kind of I had the feeling like if I'm able to work in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that would mean that I know Holy Spirit or I can show that Jesus is real. Because it's very hard when we go to youth retreats. All these kids, they are conditioned to think logically in this, in this era. They, they go with reasoning, logic, evidence, all that, which is really good. There's no problem with that science, advanced technology, all that. So their mind are always conditioned to understand things based on the evidence, based on reasoning, based on intellectual. So they will be asking honestly, brother, you're talking about this Jesus. Can you show some evidence that what you're talking about is right? Or I have this problem where I have, this, let's say, this area where I really want to get out of it. Can you help me with that? 
like, like show something practical, right? So gifts, if you look at it, that's exactly what we need for that. And so I always wanted to have gifts, but I was always confused as well. I see many gifted preachers, gifted people who fall away. It was all over the place. So can you tell me any gifted person from Old Testament who did very bad stuff? Immoral stuff? Can you give some names? Can you think of any? David. 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 <laughs> who else? Solomon. God wisdom and then did worship. Solomon. Okay, who else? Aaron. 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 Who else? And How about Samson? Abraham. Samson. Yeah, Samson also. Yes. Abraham. Abraham. Abraham also. Jacob. Yeah. Joseph. Everybody. Right. Maybe not Joseph. We'll see. Not Joseph. And Jacob. Jacob, yes. Jacob, for sure. So you see that there is a. So the, from that pattern, I understood that, okay, you can have gifts. At the same time, you can also do things which are contrary to the nature of God, which always puzzled me. And we see, even now, we, I'm pretty sure you know people, of men of God, in our times who might be great preachers, who might be working in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, has fallen down and then, then did things which have destroyed their ministry. But anyway, coming back to the point, I don't want you guys to fall into the same trap. So we need to understand what the gift is. So first of all, how is there a... Okay, do you know what are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Let, let me ask that first. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, counsel, fear of God. Yeah, there are many. Uh, yeah, so now you need to understand there are churches out there, not the Catholic Church or our apostolic church. There are churches under out there who believes not in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Some there are many. So gift of the Holy Spirit being a very controversial thing in all the Christendom. Some churches say that the gift of the Holy Spirit was only until the apostolic age when disciples were done, the initial churches were created. There was no more gifts. It ceased to exist. So I think Baptist, uh, I think which one? Some of the congregations out there, they don't believe in gifts, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they don't operate in it. But Catholic Church and other apostolic church, we do, we don't, we don't teach them that, okay, the gifts, gifts cease to exist. Catholic Church didn't put much emphasis on it until the charismatic movement came. But the teachings were always there. And even uh, speaking in tongues, healing, all this thing happened even during the Mass long time back. Um, so th that's nothing new to Catholic Church, but when the charismatic movement happened in 1956, something around, it started, originated in America, in Boston. It became much more prevalent. And that's what happened. It came into India as well, especially in Kerala Church. It started in Kota. You know, we have heard about all that, Divine Retreat Center. And we all are, uh, there are many retreat centers in Kerala. And now it's, I mean, in other other states of India as well. But charismatic movement, overall, if you look at in the Catholic Church, is dying down. I think in America, if you go for a charismatic, Catholic charismatic 
uh, meeting for a prayer group in a church, you will see only elderly people. You don't see any uh, vibrant gifts being operated. It's kind of dying down. And even in the mainline Catholic people, if you talk about charismatic, they see, look at it as like, uh, they don't approve of it. In our church here also, I mean, they have a charismatic group, but it's all old people and uh, it's hardly, I think, 10, 10 people. Because yeah. I went for it, uh, because I was very excited when I heard in Our Lady the Lake, they have the charismatic movement. So I went for it. And then I was so sad to see that it was just... No, no. Just a group of 10, yeah. 10 people and uh, and then they put the tape recorder on and they do praise and worship. Yeah, yeah so it can die down, and which is sad. But we need to understand that the gifts are given for a specific reason. It says, and if you let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So St. Paul is addressing different churches based on what information he got. Right? He was going around and preaching the gospel and people get converted. So he will start a group of people there. They're worshiping together. He may stay with them for a while, teach them more, and then he will try to go to a different place. That's how his missionary journeys were uh, structured. During that time, the only way to communicate back is sometimes he will have his own disciples or some some church members traveling and telling St. Paul, saying, okay, you know what? This church you planted there in Corinthians, they have these issues. And here is a letter they have sent us. Uh, these things are going in their church. They are confused about their own things. Can you answer them? So that's the way he was operating. And most of these letters, right? That it's rightly called letters because there are letters addressing the concern they had in each church. St. Paul is not trying to tell the his intention for, especially with the letters, is not about trying to give a complete summary of what he has figured out in the spiritual realm. Or it's not a complete summary of what he believes and he has figured out. It's more like for that time being, for that church at that time, they had issues and he's trying to address it in a spiritual manner. Except Romans. So if you want to understand what he believes in, like a complete war picture, that's why sometimes it's called uh, the Gospel of St. Paul. I mean, they kind of call it because it gives a complete brief understanding of what he believes in from the very beginning to end. He explains it very well. But Corinthians and all that other letters are addressing certain concerns, specific concern in the churches and his, based on his spiritual knowledge. So second, first Corinthians 12 is no way an exhaustive list of gift of spirit. They are suggestive. What happened in second, first Corinthians, is, you know what happened in first Corinthians, right? If you keep reading the Corinthians, you will see that the people in that church are doing really, really bad stuff. Very immoral stuff. Have you read this uh, Corinthians, letters to Corinthians? Yeah. You should start reading Bible like that. Okay, this is letters. Like real people are dealing with things in the church issues and the leader of the church and Paul is trying to address them. Then you will have a different understanding. For example, people misquote this thing like, okay, no woman should speak in the church and it's used against, against church and as well as woman trying to say like, oh, you're not supposed to speak in the congregation. No, he was addressing in that particular church. Seems like there were a few women which are trying to take control. 
And then he was addressing that, not in general. He's not talking about how the entire church has to be, or this is like a rule Jesus are putting. So that's where the context is very important. So given that, let me read from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but it is the same Holy Spirit who gives them. There are different kinds of work to be done for him, but the work for work is for the same Lord. There are different ways of doing his work, but it is the same God who uses all this way in all people. The Holy Spirit works in each person in one way or another for the good of all. One person is give, given the gift of teaching the words of wisdom. Another person is giving, given the gift of teaching that what he has learned and knows. These gifts are by the same Holy Spirit. One person receives the gift of faith. Another person receives the gifts of, gifts of healing. These gifts are given by the same Holy Spirit. So one error which many people do is that he, they will go through this uh, letter and they try to point out, okay, let's see how many gifts St. Paul is talking about. Okay, he talked about gift of teaching, gift of faith, uh, gift of healing, uh, then there is some gift of uh, discerning, gift of, Prophecy. so they're trying to make, right. And then they make create a list and say, okay, these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let me ask you then, um, we all read about Padre Pio, right? Mm. Yes. We know Padre Pio, Saint Padre Pio. And we all agree he was a man of God. Do we know, we know that he was able to be at Two places at once. Can you tell me in the Bible where St. Paul mentioned that gift? So if it is not here, is that that gift is a, a false gift? It's not from Holy Spirit? No, right? So we need to understand it's not an exhaustive list of Holy Spirit gifts. St. Paul is addressing any concern they are having. What happened in Corinthian churches? Once they became believer, Holy Spirit came upon them. They all started manifesting different gifts. And then St. Paul went on and then he moved to another place. He is trying to establish a church there. While the people in Corinth, they are now operating in those gifts and they started fighting with each other. My gift is greater than yours. You, I am better than you because God gave me a greater gift. You cannot prophesy. I can heal. All that craziness happening. So hearing all this stuff, St. Paul is trying to teach them, stop doing this stuff. You may have this kind of gift or you may have that kind of gift, but everything comes from Holy Spirit. And first of all, understand that it's not for you. And that's the most important thing. These gifts are for the common good, which means gifts are given. It's not for the person who is receiving gift. He's supposed to use that gift for building the church, which means for other people, for others to bring up. So whatever is needed, Let's say we have this Zoom meeting, right? We have 10 people. We are all gathered together for a special purpose to know Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit may give one of us gift of vision, of one of us gift of prophecy. Why? Because through that person, God will be able to nurture every one of us by giving the wisdom, word of wisdom in our life. And that will open up something new for everybody. The person who is giving the gift of vision God will use that person to build other people. One may be given the gift of teaching. 
So she can go and figure out things and share. So we all collectively are growing as one body, one church. God will act in that way. He is distributing the gifts to many people. Just like our instructor, Holy Spirit, is asking one to do the reading, one to do something else. So it's all from the Holy Spirit and there's nothing special about gift or nothing special about the person who received the gift. That's what St. Paul is trying to teach here. So we should understand gifts are needed and gifts are for others, not for me. And everything which we mentioned, the previous seven points are about me. So you, you may have the greatest gift of the Holy Spirit, but you can still miss the eternal life. That's where the problem is. You may be the greatest preacher, but you may end up in hell. Is there any Bible verse like that? Or you know, am I making it up? Does Holy Spirit remind you of any anything Jesus spoke similar? Can you believe that a deliverance minister can end up in hell? It's very hard for us to believe. But Jesus did mention this point, right? And then in the last day, they will come and tell me that. I did this thing. Us, thing yeah. Many will come and. Uh, what 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 would they say? That I did so many things in your name. I preached. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Matthew twenty four five. For many will come to in my name. Sorry, not that one. No, that's a different one. Matthew 7, 22. Can anyone read? Matthew 7, 22. This is a great deception going on in our Christian era. So I want you to be aware of this thing. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. It's a very controversial statement, right? So they were not trying to lie to Jesus. No one will, I mean, in eternal life, they truly know that he is God. And they're genuinely saying, see, I have the right to enter because didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And we perform many healings and miracles in your name and we work for you, Father, Jesus, but let us go enter. But then Jesus said, you workers will depart from me because I don't know you. It's another translation. So what is the exact criteria Jesus is looking for? He's looking for a person whose heart is one with Christ. Or you have that relationship with Christ. Not the performance aspect of it, but the relation aspect of it. But then, like, didn't you say that, like, like this, like this can only be done if you believe and you have that relationship with God. Like, not any good point doesn't have the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, not relationship. I say I did say only if we can believe. But I didn't mention the relationship part. 
but then you can have enough faith I mean, definitely, the, there will be a relationship part initially to believe in Jesus, right? We de- maybe at some point in my life, I got this great awakening or some kind of experience that I completely transformed my life and gave my life to Jesus and became born again. I got the gifts. But then the spiritual battle is always there. I'm not going to be like in a state where nothing affects me anymore. I'm completely in union with Christ. Until the last day, until the last breath, the spiritual battle is on. My flesh will be battling with my spirit. So I need to be that aware of this thing and that disciplined to keep my holiness and my my relationship with Jesus Christ properly. But I could be like in five years time, I, I kind of know, know about, I read about all this stuff with wisdom, everything. I figured out all this stuff. I figured out how to work with angels for us, let's say. Um, and I figured out the authority of Lord Jesus Christ's name. Uh, and I started using it. Remember, it's a law. Uh, so I started using it and the spiritual law will come to work. Healing will happen because no matter who is using a knife, a knife is supposed to cut. Mm-hmm. So once you start using the knife, you get to know how to use it. But then <laughs> uh, the spiritual, my flesh may overtake. My flesh may overtake and then I may be leading a double life. Like think of Samson, right? He was morally wrong. Even then his gifts were working. That he was still able to defeat the Philistines mm-hmm. until the anointing went away. But in our case, the Holy Spirit is still there. The law of the Spirit, Jesus, the power of Jesus Christ will never change. The authority of Jesus Christ's name will never change. So once we get to use this, understand this, that's why it's a double-edged sword. Uh, we can get into this trap where you're still preaching. Miracles are happening. People are praising you, saying you are the man of God. But when you are back in the home, back in the room, when you are alone, you are with devil. That that is still possible. Imagine walking with Jesus Christ for that many years, hearing from him, seeing all the miracles he has done. But even then, Judas fell for devil. Mm-hmm. So it is a great possibility. If there was no possibility to for Jesus to fall, devil never would have attempted a temptation. If Jesus could have fallen, mm-hmm. right, that's the only reason why the devil is trying to come back at him, to make him commit a single sin, then the entire purpose of God will be gone. He was trying to do it. He is trying, he's not a foolish being, right? He knew that there was a possibility in, in the human side of Christ. Maybe if he managed to somehow penetrate and make Jesus Christ to some kind of sin, then their plan will be collapsed. And he tried it very, very, so that was a possibility. So we all have that possibility. Every human being, no matter how great man of God he is, under the last breath, he can completely make a choice to go to the other side. But the gifts will continue to work. So if we don't discern it properly, about others as well, uh, we should not be in an error. The measure of somebody's spiritual growth or closeness to God is not about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's about the fruits and everything else which we mentioned now. So always remember in my life also, 
gifts will come and go gifts are needed they'll be given it's a gift god will give it any time i want to or he wants to build the church it's not me he wants to do something in the crowd i am in or say we are preaching or we are preaching to 10 15 people and there's a sick person there and she is praying to god for a healing god the only person standing there for as an instrument of god might be me then god will gift give me that gift of healing for that specific disease in that moment through him through me he can use or give that gift and then heal for the betterment of the church so that's how i see the gifts it's gift is not something uh only special people get so it's all based on how you believe it i know that if you are chasing only the gift of healing i know many people who have studied the gift of healing and they are very good at healing you know why because they are their focus it's a, it's a good thing their focus was only on the gift of healing they had complete faith on it they studied they in that area they focus so much so the god can use them in that area but i want all of us to be well focused in all areas what if you only have a gift of prophecy and the person who is coming to you needs a healing we can you be like oh you know what i only have the gift of healing a gift of prophecy we have to figure out somebody else so that you should we should not be like that but to answer your point the gifts can still operate because gifts operate by faith we can have faith it's a very hard one to put so don't take me wrong gifts can operate solely based on faith if i know how to work in the spiritual law the spiritual realm in the laws of the spirit then you can always operate on that law and it's a law it will happen you can heal people if you know how to healing works if you are gifted in that area if you have the knowledge it will work and it is based according to the power from christ you, you, because the the one who is getting healed is being touched by god so the kingdom of god is manifesting kingdom of god is expanding but the one who was ministering the healing maybe in a wrong relationship maybe he is not holy he is how swifted away but he still will uh, god can still use that person to give whatever is needed for that other person that's why when you pray when you stand there and preach and people come to you and say that oh that was a great preaching it touched me it healed me or even you prayed uh, i had this healing never ever get attached to it because god can still heal people even if like like jesus said if nobody is praising this stone will worship my father so we we will be an instrument uh but that that's not the measure of for our closeness to jesus so always go back to those seven points are we able to see any difference in those fruits are we able to love more uh, and always remember this is not something you are trying to accomplish that's a different thing you should not you are not trying to control my anger tomorrow morning and then going down and i'm like trying to control it no that's not what i'm talking about it's more like you don't feel angry okay they are doing the same exact things which were irritating you until yesterday but today i'm not irritated that type something supernatural which doesn't come from you that's how you need to analyze if that's not happening or you're still feeling really irritated that means okay that's fine you just need to bring in more holy spirit 
So spend more time with Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about these things will happen only maybe like three, four months of working with Holy Spirit every day. You will see, notice these changes. Slowly, he will change you into the image of Christ. So that's what our ambition should be, not to be the ministers of gift. So that's second priority. <clears throat> if you have Jesus, Jesus has all the gifts. Whatever gift is needed, he will give it to you when, when it appears. That's how I like to believe it. And that's how I like to minister. And that's how I like to build my spiritual growth. That way it's easier. Otherwise, you will be always remember it's all about your faith. What you believe is what you get. So if you are believing that, okay, I will not, I don't have the gift of prophecy, you will not be able to prophesy. If you're saying that, okay, I really have the gift of healing, then you are limiting God. Never limit God. God can use, give you anything you want. It doesn't matter how much you know. When you are praying, always have faith. I would say don't, not logical faith. Always when you remember, like remove your brain and your intellect from your body, you, you, from the... When you're praying, you say that I know I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I know Jesus is real. I know Jesus had every single spiritual gifts. So when I'm going, who this child or my own son, my own daughter, whom am I going to pray? When I touch, Jesus is going to touch. And I know nothing, but Jesus knows everything. By the power of Lord Jesus Christ, this person is going to get healed. If you can take up that faith, it will work. You only need Jesus. You don't need any anything on your own. That's an easy way to work in the ministry because that way you're detached from all this spiritual abundance and the pride of uh, pride which comes uh, with the spiritual gifts. So be humble. Know that it's all about Jesus and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit wants to work with us. It's not like we are trying to please him. He wants to work with us. It's about us giving him time. So the most precious thing in our life is time, like we mentioned last time. Yes. Go back, spend time with Holy Spirit, make him, uh, make you, make yourself available for him to work with you. Surrender, talk to him that, okay, I have this problem of anger. Holy Spirit, you take control of that area. Change me. I have the problem with this one, this area. Change myself, my behavior, my fruits. Or if you uh, take that seven, seven list we mentioned and say, Holy Spirit, I don't feel like worshiping. Work in that area. Make me have that joy when I worship. Father, I don't want to pray because it seems like very boring and dry for me. Change that area. So surrender each area where you want to grow yourself, grow, change yourself. The gifts, we will definitely go through a gift. That's actually next topic. But always remember, before we get, dwell into the gifts, don't give importance to gifts. Gifts are needed when you go out on that pulpit, when you go out to spread the kingdom of God, that's when gift is needed. Before that, we need to prepare ourselves. That's what we are trying to do. That's what it matters. Even if you don't do any great works of miracles, if you know Jesus Christ by heart, if you're one with him, you will still inherit the eternal life. That's more important for God than you performing a particular gift of Holy Spirit. So with that understanding, Let's pray that God open up our eyes, spiritual eyes and spiritual ears for tomorrow listen with him. Let's close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we are asking that you give us more desire 
for your closeness, for, for more your relationship, that you allow us to manage our time better. Father, there are certain circumstances in our life which is consuming a lot of time. We are struggling to be disciplined in our life. We are struggling to put into order certain things. Father, we are asking that everyone in this Zoom meeting and who are, couldn't join today will be given a special gift of self-discipline that you supernaturally change everything which is affecting our schedule, that we would find time to be with you in your presence, to be intimate with you every day. Well, give us that anointing, give us that control in our life. Father, we reject every single nanoseconds which we are spending outside the kingdom of God. The times when we are spending for worrying about the future, thinking about the past, spending lazily without doing anything, spending on things which doesn't add up any value like internet, social media, daydreaming, whatever it is, Father, we are rejecting all that. This precious 24 hours which you give every day. Father, I, we plead the blood of Lord Jesus Christ on every single second and help us to use it for your glory. We ask this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Brother, brother uh, before you leave, uh, for the holy net, what was the verse? From, for the fruits of the Holy Spirit, you 